0: There's a better way to do this. Let me show you a better way. Hi, folks. This is Jack Spearco with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things we can all do to live a better life if times get tough or even if they don't. Today is October the 18th, 2016. This is episode 1885 of the Survival Podcast. And it's a Tuesday. That means it's a Just Jack show. And uh, for one reason or another, uh, just call it, I don't know, say I piked, even though I don't pike. So I piked out this, this month, and with uh, a short month and all, I just didn't get the Tuesday shows up to be voted on for this month so i 'm calling an audible today, and throughout the rest of the month of october i 'll be selecting the uh, Tuesday shows on my own and uh, November we'll go back to you guys voting on the Tuesday shows. I think that 's just easier at this point with a vacation taking me out for you know two weeks basically and all so anyway, what are we going to talk about today? Well, I decided this morning, and I when I say this morning, and my buddy David 's out here working on a the greenhouse and aquaponics system, he could vouch for me. As, when I say this morning, I mean about an hour and a half ago that I was going to do uh, something for you guys uh, about dealing with all of the craziness around this election right now without talking about the election much at all. In other words, I was going to give you guys a pep talk today on what I call the quiet insurrection. Now, on my Facebook page, if you go to the Facebook page for the com, you'll see a picture of me walking toward a sunset in my backyard, and a quote by me on it, and this is what that quote says. The only effective weapon of choice for the modern anarchist is proactive apathy toward the state and its systems. Solving your own problems, providing your own needs, and ensuring a future for your children on your own terms, I call it the quiet insurrection. And we're going to talk about that today because I think we need to i 'm getting I talked about it a little bit yesterday, but i 'm getting email after email now of people saying they 're having fights with family members or they they 're having their kids influenced by you know other family members that you know one party or the other party is bad and i I, I, I just see the, the craziness kind of kind of just coming down the hill like god i can 't even begin to explain it. I uh, I sat today in dismay. I, I actually turned on the TV and put on Fox News and then CNN for just a bit to get a feel for what's going on with the Alice Clown Circus of 2016. And all I hear is each side saying, the other side sucks more. And again, I'm getting emails from listeners about how family members are angry with each other because of who they will vote for or because they won't vote at all. I look and I see nothing but a nation on the verge of just saying, F it and dropping a shit ton of LSD and lighting shit on fire. That's how it seems to me. It saddens me, and it it makes me laugh at the same time. I know, as I always have, that there's no solution in the halls of government, or in arguing with your friends and family about which criminal is worse, or even trying to make the case to them that they're all criminals. The only real solutions are in the acts of sedition and insurrection. But this is not the time for riots or gunfire or bombs. Those are the weapons of fools, folks. The state excels at violence. It is the master of violence. The quiet insurrection is the one we've been involved with for almost a decade now. I just think it's time for a pep talk on the subject today. Before we do that, though, let's go ahead and hear from our two sponsors of the day. Hey, business owners, would you like the ability to reach more than 100,000 TSP community members for as little as $5 a year? If so, consider advertising your business in the TSP Business Directory. A listing in our directory shows your support of the community and a commitment to value-for-value value exchange with other members. To find something or to be found, just check out the directory at tspbiz.com. That's tspbiz.com to learn more. Hey, folks, if silver and gold are not part of your current economic preparedness plan, they should be. In fact, for over eight years, I have recommended that listeners keep 5 to 10% of their wealth in precious metals as a wealth assurance program. And J.M. Bullion is my personal choice for all my precious metal purchases. They offer some of the best pricing in the industry and free shipping on top of it. Check out jmbullion.com to learn more. Next up, let's take a look at the year that was the episode. The year is 1885 because the episode is 1885. I have two for you today from Alex Shrugged. I have The Chinese Are Massacred, and and you should get over to TSP Wiki today, TSPWiki.com, and read that one because I have to pick from one of the two, and I'm going to pick the other one. The other one is Pasteur and the Rabies Vaccine. And in other news, bicycle playing cards are introduced this year. The popcorn machine is invented. A peanut roaster is modified to automatically pop popcorn. And Dr. Pepper is patented. I've been to the Dr. Pepper Museum in Waco, Texas. The Texas Ranger Texas Ranger Museum is better. That's a note from Alex Shrugged who puts these together for us. Let me read Pasteur and the Rabies Vaccine. I'm not a doctor, but rabies is usually caught when you're bitten by an animal that is carrying the disease. The animal seems crazed and often furious. This is when a bite can occur. As the the disease progresses... There is a need for water, but the patient seems fearful of any water you might offer him. Due to muscle spasms in the throat, they often fear choking. Thus, rabies is also called hydrophobia, which is fear of water. Prior to this year, the disease is almost always fatal. In fact, some people simply kill themselves if they are bitten, whether they actually present symptoms or not. That is how fearful people can be of this disease. Dr. Louis Pasteur And another French doctor administered a rabies vaccine to a 9-year-old boy who has been mauled by a rabid dog. The boy lives. Thus, there is a method for saving an individual from death from rabies. However, the vaccine must be administered before symptoms occur. Afterwards, well, the chances of survival after symptoms present themselves are low even in the modern day. My take by Alex Shrugged. This is, a, this is a medical miracle that is crucially important, but Pasteur was using a live virus that was weakened considerably. Exactly how considerably and how exactly how he did it, I'm not going to say. The procedure seems sort of crazy to me, but heck, it was Pasteur. And people were going to die anyway, so they were willing to try anything. If they tried this today, he would be arrested. In fact, many medicines that we think of as common would never have made it into the market in today's environment, like aspirin. For example, when you look at the drug interaction warnings, the possible side effects, and possible aspirin poisoning, it is a wonder that a pharmacy would sell it to you at all. But in 1899, Bayer was selling aspirin like it was going out of style. It has since met competition from other over-the-counter drugs that work in a similar manner, but even these have warnings on the label. Everybody is different, so use care. Even natural products can produce side effects. FYI, the word natural is not the same as safe or even good. I wanted to do this one because I am often called an anti vaxxer even though I'm not an anti vaxxer. I have concerns about the way vaccines are administered and I have major concerns with the pharmaceutical industry as it stands today. But I, I think we can look at many advancements in science, including things like rabies vaccine, and see them as medical miracles. And we should be grateful that that, that we have them today. I think that it's it's hard for us to get our heads around you know, eighteen eighty five. Is is not that long ago. I, mean, I know it seems like forever in a day, but it's, it, you know, in 1985, it was only a hundred years. In 1985, there were a few people kind of tooling around that were alive in 1885. In 1985, many of you that are my age go 1985, that was like that long. I mean, we're talking a few generations here. The people, if they were bit by an animal that had rabies, had no hope they would die. The many diseases and illnesses that are cured today, people would just die from. I, I, I think we've kind of lost focus of that at times, and I think that once in a while, despite all the things going wrong around us, we should sit back and be grateful that we live in the time that we live in, despite the problems that we'll talk about how to deal with today. We have opportunities today, and we have solutions today that didn't exist just a few generations ago. And I think that was a good segment to uh, put us in the proper frame of mind to talk about the subject I want to talk about today, which is the quiet insurrection. And and today's show is called Join the Quiet Insurrection. I'm assuming many of you joined up long ago. Maybe you didn't know that's what you signed up for. Uh, Maybe it's given you some heartache at times when you've realized it. And some of you might be new, and you might be like, what the hell is this this maniac talking about here? Um, What I actually want to start out with today is I want you to realize something. I think this is very important. If you have friends or family that you're arguing with about this coming election, just stop. Just refuse. Don't discuss it with them. Don't don't bother. It's not going to impact anything. It will only damage your relationships. And everything I'm doing today is because I see this kind of buildup occurring and I know like the next three weeks are just gonna get stupid. They really are. They're gonna get preposterously stupid. And Even if you feel it's very important that one side or the other win, just let go with talking to friends and family about it. Because if you convinced every friend and every family member that you know to vote your way, you're not going to change the election. So why damage the relationship? And for many of you, you're like, I'm so over that. Right, and your position is it's all pointless. Don't worry about it. But you, you too, argue with your f- friends and family over it. If you got them to see things your way, they they might have a better life. They, in fact, they probably would. But um, they, it's not going to change anything as far as the way that whole criminal enterprise works. So this is not a time for the discussion. And what I kind of wanted to start out with reviewing things for you, so you can either identify it in yourself. Or identify in others that you're dealing with, so that you don't feel so compelled to try to drag people along. Is the five stages of grief? Because this is a, you know, this is a, the the thing that when somebody's told you have cancer or something and you're going to die and there's no hope, this is the same process they go through, and it's what happens with dying as a b- believer in politics. Like y- your your belief in politics dies. And and, and, and and I think most Americans understand the terminal nature of politics at this point. The, the political solutions have run their course. They're done. They're dead. There's nothing left to be had from them. And even if you believe there can be in this current situation, it's going to have to basically have its own death and, and rebirth. And, and while it's dying, there's nothing we can do except watch the patient die. And, and those five stages are denial and... Anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. And my hope for people in this audience is to get your ass all the way to acceptance as quickly as possible because things get so much better then. But let's start out with denial. Denial is what many of your friends and family are in right now. They're they're sitting there looking at probably the two worst choices for president the country's ever had, and that's saying something. Based on some of the people that have done the job recently, that's saying something. But there's probably never been a time in history where people looked at the two people they had to vote for and really said, I truly am picking the lesser of two evils. A lot of times people said that in the past, right, just to appease you so you'd shut up and let them vote for somebody, right? Because that way they'd have to explain to you, well, yeah, he's flawed here and there, but, you know, he's better than this. Just, it was easier to say, yeah, they both suck, but this guy sucks less. But th- at this point, I think a lot of people really feel that way. I mean, it's just unbelievable that this was the best we could do. And I felt that way last time. Like Barack Obama and Mitt Romney, these are the two best people we can find to lead our country. So there's a natural tendency to just go, well, it's not that bad. And to start saying, you know, this this can work. And so you deny that it's as bad as it really is. Then the next thing that happens is anger. And boy, have we seen anger this year in the political spectrum, and sometimes in this this grieving process, the anger is then expressed at the other side, so you still stay situated in the dichotomy onto the you know the right or the left side, and the other so all the anger gets directed at Hillary Clinton if you're on the right. it all gets directed at, at Donald Trump if you're on the left or whoever would be there. It wouldn't matter, but there's anger and then finally. As the person begins to progress through this, they start to realize the truth, and the truth is horrifying. It doesn't really matter. Both of these people are going to continue the system that we have. In fact, the way that our system is set up, even if we put somebody in there that was completely genuine, the system's still not going to change. The president's not going to change the system. Now, this is this is scary because when a person looks at that, they start saying, well, shit, what can I do? So they go into a bargaining Phase. Well, maybe this time. Maybe if we could just change this. Maybe if we could just cha- Maybe if we can focus on this one thing. Maybe if we can get enough people to vote for Gary Johnson, even though he sucks and he won't win, we could get a legitimate third party. Maybe we could create a split where we don't have it. Maybe just, it's just, ugh, right? It, it's the same thing as the guy that, that, that has no chance of surviving his disease saying, God, if you let me live, I'll be a good person. It, it really is. And eventually, now a person can stay, here's the difference, the guy that's really going to die, he, he has an escape command that eventually his brain hits and says, you can't do this anymore, dude, you, 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 we, here's your time, it's going to run out, you got to do something with it. Unlike that, a person that's in this the, the political spectrum, they can stay in this thing for a very long time without an escape command, terminally. You know, Until they're dead, they can stay in this this bouncing between anger and bargaining and denial and just kind of bouncing around those three. But eventually, eventually for many people, they finally stop bargaining and they look at it and they see it for what it is and then they hit depression. And depression is I really can't do anything and they feel helpless and they don't know what to do and they still feel a need to do something, but they don't know what to do. So now It's depressing. And the problem with depression, again, you don't have an escape command like when you're facing the end of your life. The problem is depression feels so bad, if they don't move into acceptance, they'll quickly go back into anger and bargaining and bounce around there again for an eternity. It's like a purgatory, you know, in the afterlife, except you're wasting your real life with it. But once a person goes to acceptance... Everything changes. And then they can become part of the quiet insurrection. Then they can be part of the many different ways the insurrection is mounting itself all over the world. Some people are doing it with you know, permaculture and regenerative agriculture, and some people are doing it with technology. And some people are doing it with creating sustainable villages in different parts of the world. So there's, and you don't have to be part of one of them. You can be part of all of them or none of them and create your own. But what happens once you reach acceptance is the the most important thing is you let go of what you can't influence. And that is the most valuable thing a human being can do for themselves and for the entirety of humanity at the same time. It is the most selfish in the best possible way and selfless act you can take is to let go of what you can't influence. Because then you can take the next step, which is find the things you can influence. And 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 there's so many people that never get to that point in their life. And I think it's sad. I think it's sad that we have 60, 70-year-old men and women who are still clinging on to the things they cannot influence. How is it ever possible? How is it ever possible that you can be the man or woman you were born to be if you're spending your life's freaking energy clinging to the things you do not influence? Oh, Donald Trump. Oh, you don't influence Donald Trump, dummy. Okay. Oh, Hillary Clinton. She's a, I think she's a scumbag criminal that belongs in an orange jumpsuit in a, in a cage for the rest of her natural life. That's what kind of scum I think she is. I don't get to determine that. And any belief that I have any influence on that at all is bullshit. So I have to let go. I can be angry about it. But then I have to go real quick, anger, screw bargain, screw depression acceptance. Because this is the thing, this is an ongoing process in your life. You have to, like, it's not just political. When you ever see something and go, no, that can't be. Or, I'm so mad. You better make a very quick determination in your life. Does this really affect me? Or is it just affecting me emotionally because I'm I have a I'm outraged by it or something like that? And two, even if it does, can I do something about this? And if the answer is no, I can't, go to acceptance. Go to acceptance. I mean, there's shit that should outrage you going on all over the world today. There's there's people there's there, there's friggin' random genocide occurring you know here and there throughout the last two decades in Africa that should outrage you. But can you really do something about it? It sucks. I wish it wasn't true, but I can't do anything about it. And even if I decided that's the one thing I'm going to work on, then I got to figure out how can I do so? How can I save one life? And then that's noble. And then that's worth doing. But just walking around being pissed off about something doesn't help anything. Let go of what you can't influence and find the things that you can influence. And the reason that's selfish in a positive way, and I'll talk about it in a second, selfless at the same time is very simple. First of all, we have been taught that selfish is a bad word, and if it's like you're a little kid and you have 20 cookies and you have friends and you won't share your cookies because you're a greedy little fat kid, then selfish is a bad thing, okay? and that's how we usually think of selfishness, but selfish is simply to put yourself first, And, and it's like a gun. A gun can save a life or take a life depending on how it's used. Selfishness can be very positive or very negative depending on how it's applied, it's, it's like when you're in an airplane and you have a kid with you. What do they say? If the masks drop, you put yours on first and then help your kid. You put yourself first. And you hear stupid people. They're stupid. You're stupid if you say this. The hell with you, I'll take care of my kid first. Good. Now you passed out. Your kid passed out. Both of you die because you were stupid. Now, it's probably the case that somebody that wasn't stupid will help you because you happen to be in a crowded airplane. But you should have listened. Right? So that's a perfect textbook example of when being selfish is a good thing. Because by being what you think is selfless, you harm both parties. Okay? So we have to understand that you can put yourself first, be selfish, and be very positive. And in this case, when you put yourself first, by saying, I'm going to first focus on the things I can influence. And then I'm going to determine, of those things, the things I really want to do, the things I have passion for, the things I'm good at, and the things that will do good for me. I'm going to do those things. Okay. So then you're at your best. You're at the top of your game. You're, you're in a position where I'm still working at 1030, and I don't give a damn because, damn it, this is important. And that means you can get the best influence out of it possible. And whenever you're doing good in the world, even if you think you're only doing it for yourself, if you're doing actual good, you're creating waves that do good for others. And therefore, you're being selfless and selfish at the same time because you've let go of bullshit and you've grabbed on to the things that actually matter. So the thing I get from people, even when they've had, they're up to here with me today, right? They still say, well, how do you deal with people when you care about them and they're not y- there yet? Right? When you, like, we're not talking about some random ass clown on Facebook or on the street or some guy I saw on YouTube. Right? I'm talking about my brother. I'm talking about my best friend. I'm talking about my sister. I'm talking about my mom or my dad or my kid. And they're wrapped up in this bullshit. How do I deal with it? Okay, let them think as they choose. How about practicing the liberty we talk about all the time? They have every right to believe that bullshit is a sentient grown adult. It's okay. Let them do it. The next thing is, you do not negotiate with people in the five stages of grief. After you've gone to acceptance, and they have it, you don't negotiate, you demonstrate. Demonstrate, don't negotiate. I have to tell you, in my life, the family I married into thought I was a little out there, and that's probably putting it mildly at first. I was this young guy, full of piss and vinegar, right? Right? that was going to take on the world, and when I met my wife, I was making 14 bucks an hour. And every single person that was my age or older within this family was more successful than me financially. And my attitude was, I don't care. I'm going to do all these wonderful things. I was taking jobs and saying, I'm doing this for the experience. And over the years, because of that, I'm the one that when there's a problem both the younger and the older groups of the family now, come to me and say, Jack, what do you think? Now let me tell you something. If I spent the last 20 years that I've been with Dorothy telling them all how wrong they are, no matter how well I've done, that would not happen. That would not happen. And I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this as I I fumbled into this because I really didn't know what I was doing 20 years ago. I really didn't. I just believed, and I was focused on what I could do. All right, That was all. I didn't care about anything except what I could actually influence. But I've learned over the years from that that the very people that thought I was a little crazy or whatever still might say, Uncle Jack's crazy, but he's smart. That they'll come to me and say, well, how do we plant this garden? Or I want to know what we should do to move our business forward. I have somebody asking me about that this weekend, coming to talk to me about that from the family. Um, that's from demonstration. Because there's one thing that people can never argue with, and that's results. And people that get results are not people that spend half their day tied up in reality TV or the news, which is also reality TV. It's all bullshit. That's not who gets things done. They're not people that sit around worrying about who the next president's going to be They're people that sit around and think about strategies to make their lives and their businesses and their families better, no matter who the next president is. These are the people who get results. And when you get results, people look at your results and they say, well, shit, I want what they have. And then they come to you and then it's easy. And then you don't even have to have the conversation about the ass clown circus. You have the conversation about the things that they're good at, what they can do. And when when you're when you're in a session where you're counseling people, and they start to they start to draw away from it, and start to talk about shit that doesn't matter. You say, well, that's not going to get your business to grow. That's not going to get your garden to grow. That's not going to get your kids a, a better education. None of that's going to do that. The only thing that's going to do that is if we stay on track with action. So demonstrate, don't negotiate. Because that's what we're doing. That's what people don't understand. When you sit there and you engage in a conversation with somebody, whether it's vote for my guy or don't vote at all, you're negotiating. And it's very difficult to negotiate if neither side knows that's what they're doing. What you think you're doing is debating and arguing. okay? But you're not debating and arguing. You're negotiating. You're trying to get them to come a little your way, and they're trying to get you to come a little their way. And unlike a good negotiation, there's no room for that. There's no room for that because you're in an A and B dichotomy. Even when you're the person that says, just, I'm opted out of it all, and they're trying to drag you back in, they stop even trying to drag you back in to the left or the right. They just want to drag you back in first. So when you're in a good negotiation, negotiations that have the potential for both sides to win, and those are the only good negotiations when both sides can get something. That's like, I have a company that provides service X, and you have a company that needs service X, and we're negotiating that contract And you think my price is high, and I say, well, that's what my price is, but here's the services that that price includes that my competitors are not including. And then we can determine, do you really find the value in those services, or would you like me to remove them? I can remove them, and I can actually be lower than my competitor. And either way, we both win. once we fully understand each other, you can say, I didn't realize that all those additional things came with that. I'm okay with that price. Now, I still think it's a little high, but I understand your premium. Can we work on it a little bit? And I say, let me sharpen my pencil, right, even though no one uses one anymore. And I go back, and I say, you know what? I can come down four points. And you go, know, that's fair. And we come to an agreement because there was there was some room to give on all sides. You could have said, I don't care about those extra things. And I could have said, well, shit, I have a lot of cost in those things. Well, shit, we'll just remove those from the contract here. Does that work? See, there has to be more than one potential outcome on either side, for the negotiation to be valuable. Well, when you're having that that discussion about politics with your dad or your uncle or your cousins or your father's cousin's uncle's former roommate, I think I got that right. So you know where that's from, right? Uh, if, if I have that discussion, it's a negotiation, and neither side knows it's a negotiation. There's nowhere for either side to give. There's just none. So there's no point to it. So the big thing is, you have to realize that you're still trapped if you are vested in their attachment to whatever it is. If you if you're going to say you've reached acceptance, then buddy, you have to reach 100% acceptance. You have to be willing to say my brother, my uncle, my father's cousin's uncle's former roommate, whatever has just they're still in there. They're still in the matrix, and I'm okay with that. I'm going to go out and do all the because. Again, we're back to the same question. Do you really have influence? See, this is the problem. We think because someone will engage with a conversation with us about these subjects that we have influence. We have no influence. Not in that conversation. They think they have influence over us, which they also do not have. You have two people staked out in a negotiation they think is a discussion. In a negotiation that they think is a debate And because of that, there can be no movement. And therefore, if you attach yourself to that person in that negotiation that has no movement, you've, you've tied an anchor to your, to your ass and you've changed your anchor to their leg and you're trying to pull them out and their anchor's bigger than yours because they have more emotional baggage. You'll never move them. And that means you can't move. So you have to let go. Realize you're trapped if you're vested in their attachment. You can't change it. Any more than you can change the price of tea in China. So let it go. So how do we fight this insurrection as as, as insurrectionists? First thing we do is we avoid the state solutions whenever we can. If we have a problem with someone, we do everything we can to rectify that problem outside of the state solutions. If If your neighbor's fence is leaning over and looks bad, you talk to your neighbor, you don't call the police or code enforcement or something like that. We avoid the state solutions everywhere and anywhere we can. We should be trading value for value outside the system wherever we can. We should be building local economies wherever we can that that, that do business either in cash or barter goods to goods or Bitcoin or anything that doesn't involve the federal government, the state government, the local government, the county government being involved. And and we, we shouldn't be worried about, well, is that legal or not? I don't care. Honestly, in some ways. Now, things that are going to risk you going to jail or something, then you got to be smart, or then you got to say no, that's not worth the risk. But things that are going to result in a fine or something like that, do a risk rewards analysis. You know, think about it. There, 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 there's a fundamental reality we have been brainwashed to believe: if something's illegal, that it's bad. If it's illegal, it's immoral or that if it's legal, it must also be moral. There's plenty of legal shit that's highly immoral, and plenty of stuff that's illegal that that is, is completely moral ways for people to deal with each other. And we need to not be afraid. Now, we need to not be stupid, right? There's people that are stupid about this, and basically do a march to Washington with a loaded gun, right? Adam Kokesh, who I actually like. But but standing, I guess he gave up on his march, but standing in D.C. and loading a shotgun just to prove he could do it, and then facing felony charges, that's stupid. That's stupid. So when I say, you know, have limited respect for the laws that, that, that impact things that are inherently moral, do it with a sense of intelligence as well. But don't be afraid to be a rebel. And one of the best ways you can be a rebel, I know sometimes people get tired of hearing this, but grow your own food even just a little, Growing your own food may be the greatest act of sedition a human being can take. Because it says, I don't need you to provide the one thing I'm going to need every day. I can do it for myself. Or at least I can do some of it for myself. And if you can't grow your own, find people that you can do business with directly. Do business with them. Because that's just as good. No man's an island. You know, self-sufficiency and self-reliance are not about being 100% and 100 years because we measure those in percentages in time. If we're self-reliant in energy, we can measure that in time. In other words, if I can provide enough energy in my home to to go two weeks, I'm self-reliant for two weeks for energy. Self-sufficiency we measure in percentages. If I can produce half my power indefinitely, then I'm 50% self-sufficient. And then it doubles... My self-reliance to longer periods of time. But no one ever gets to 100% in all aspects in their lives. We are community creatures. It is good that we, that we work together, that we exchange value for value. So it's okay that maybe you're not the one that grows the food, but what can you do and how can you build your, your local economy? I saw a thing on next door. Which is like mini Facebook. It's like Facebook for just your neighborhood and surrounding neighborhoods. The other day, and it really inspired me. And it was a simple thing. It was a lady, and she had a picture of a, a wonderfully done powder coated um, like Yeti cup, those cups everybody's buying now. And it had like a, a, a sports team emblem on it. And she says she's doing them powder coated, and here's all the colors you could get for 20 bucks. And then for a certain amount, you could get your initials or a sports team or whatever. And it looked like she was doing great work. And I said, I love seeing, this is my comment, I said, I love seeing side hustles like this. And I mean hustle in the best way. Like hustling on a ball field. You know, not like scamming somebody. Hustling, like when you see a a football player, he's hustling like that. That side hustle. And and, and think about this. We all know where these, they're great cups. I have one. My wife has one. They're awesome. But we all know where they're made. They ain't made in America. And they sure as hell ain't made for me anyway, in Azel, Texas, right? Or wherever you live, Sheboyganville or whatever. That's not where they're made. But that person providing that value to people that want it is probably making more per unit than the store or the manufacturer selling the cup, since they're now under 20 bucks. if you don't buy the Yeti and you buy the off-brand. And, and, and that, that money stays in our community. Well, what if that $20 could pass through Hands within the community 5, 10, 15 times before it went to Walmart or the gas station or what have you. How, how many people out there is something you could be doing? Cutting hair, watching kids, preparing meals for old people who can't do it anymore at the behest of their family. I mean, I, I would reckon in most communities, if somebody did a little bit of digging, you could probably come up with five or six older folks that need service that somebody in their family or they would be happy to provide you a few days a week like a Meals on Wheels thing but the food doesn't suck and and I I don't mean to put down anybody doing Meals on Wheels you guys do wonderful work but we had it for my father-in-law for a little while it was pretty bad and I'm not saying it all is but it was but why can't that be a for cash service well the government will get in the way really are you going to tell them that's what you're doing or are you just going to have five or six friends that you take food to their family see there's a way to do this stuff There's a way to do this stuff. We don't always have to advertise what we're doing. How many of you right now do certain things you shouldn't be doing, but you've been doing it your whole life, and no one gives a shit because you're not stupid about it, doing it in your front yard? This is how we have to start thinking. And when we do use the system, work it to your advantage. If I were that lady spray painting those cups, the revenue I had to report would be offset against so many damn expenses you wouldn't, it would, I'd lose money on it. Cause the system's set up for you to be able to do that. People are like, that's tax cheating. No, that's tax working. That's how the tax system's designed. It's designed so people that own businesses can pay little to no taxes. And so that you, the employee, pay all the taxes so the businesses don't have to. Look up federal tax receipts. I'm not even going to give you the numbers, but look them up. Look at what individual income tax is, and look at what corporate income tax is in this country. It'll blow you away. When you think about companies making billions and hundreds of billions of dollars, and the federal government collects more in individual income tax than they do in corporate income tax, and when we have some of the highest corporate tax rates in the world here, and they pay less, because that's how the system's designed. When you're in the system, work the system to your advantage. The beauty is the people that get the most out of working the system work in and out of the system at the same time. Teach your children critical thinking. This may be the most seditious act that a citizen of the United States of America or any advanced nation can take in today's world. It's teaching your children to think critically. Because when you're dead, it's still going and they're teaching their kids and their kids and so on and so forth. And it's impossible to remove the ability to critically think once it's obtained. It's impossible. Unless the person has some kind of, you know, traumatic brain injury or something like that. Once you understand the process of breaking things down and taking them apart, no one can spoon feed you bullshit and expect you to believe it anymore. Your natural reaction when they say X, Y, and Z happened is to go, how do we know that? How do we know that? Okay, we do know how it happened. Okay, so go on next. Well, that means that we should A, B, and C. Well, how do we get to that? Well, this way. Well, wait a minute. There's flaws with that. A lot of fallacies in there that you just spouted. And, And you end up with the need for a person to be able to provide themselves with sufficient evidence to draw a conclusion before they draw that conclusion. Now, if you think about the way our modern education system is designed... If you think about everything that kids are told today that they're just supposed to believe, and many of them just do, there is no more rebellious action than that. And I'm all for homeschooling, but if you can't, you can still teach your children critical thinking. When they they come to a conclusion, ask them to define the parameters in how they came to that conclusion. And don't short-sell a kid and think they're too stupid to figure it out. They're smarter than you believe. The human being in of itself, is a genius. Every person is a genius. We all just have different manifestations and expectations of how that genius will be expressed. And the problem with our society is we're judging everybody by the same metric rather than the metric of their individual genius. As Einstein said, if we judged a fish on its ability to climb a tree, it would live its entire life believing itself to be stupid. Well, we're human beings for God's sakes. We have a lot more choices than long division or climbing a tree. Some of of us are destined to be artists and craftsmen and tradesmen. And and, it amazes me that we have gotten to a point where we shit on that. Tradesmen, that sounds horrible. As though you don't walk. As the person that went to Harvard and gets lots of money doesn't go and gawk. At a hundred different patterns of cabinetry to select the one that's just perfect for his kitchen. Somebody had to build that, stupid! And that, that, that true artist that can actually not just make the shape and the joints, that can be done by a robot, but the one that can select the piece of wood and finish it in a way that 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 artsy-fartsy Harvard business MBA wants it to be. That is unique. That is individual. That's someone practicing the quiet insurrection because you can't be a master of woodwork and be glued to Fox TV or CNN. You can't. You can be one or the other. And whatever it is you want to obtain mastery of, you can do that or you can be attached to the bullshit of society. It's up to you. So teach your children to think critically and by God, teach yourself to do so. The other one that I really want to make sure I got through today to you, refuse to be afraid of what they want you to fear. As soon as you realize that the media, the government, the society, the TV set, that all of it together wants you to be afraid of something, that should be the immediate moment where you go, I'm not going to be afraid of that. Of all the other shit there is to be afraid of, that's not it. Zika virus in Miami. Okay, are you a pregnant woman in Miami that lives where that... No? Okay, don't worry about it. The swine flu is going to kill us all. Are you having intimate relations with a pig? No? Okay, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm not even going to say it, but there's two names I could say. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. If you can't do anything about it, don't worry about it. And if something actually is worth being afraid about it, the TV's not going to be the source that's going to let you know that. You'll, you'll know. You'll know very quickly if it's worth being afraid about. If you see a car coming out, he's going to run you over, be afraid, and move. But the entire cycle of society today is driven by envy, greed, and fear. I mean, that's what it comes down to. We, we, we have extravagance thrown in front of us, and we're made to envy. We then are told that those people shouldn't have that, that we should have more, which is greed. And then we're told we won't or we can't because of somebody else. And then here's all these other horrible things sprinkled on like salt and pepper, which is fear. And thus the people are led like a bull with a ring in his nose. And the rope is in the hand of the media and government. And we all follow along. And even the bull eventually will rebel and trample. We act like a bunch of jackasses. We can't even figure out what to do, and when we do, all we do, we, we sit down until they jerk hard enough on the string to make us go again. And if that doesn't work, dangle a little carrot, the jackass gets up, hee-haw, hee-haw, and on he goes. That is the people of the world today. You can be part of that collective. You can be part of your own collective. We're, we're not isolationists. We're not out here to be on, on our own. And we actually want to help all those people there too. But we have to help them by stepping out of the mob Demonstrating success and then asking those who wish to, to join with our cause and follow along. And that can be the macro cause that we've talked about today, true freedom and liberty for individuals and society, or it can be our own micro causes, whether they be something again involved in, you know, regenerative agriculture or in teaching and mentoring youth or in technology or whatever it is. It's all okay because it all leads to the same place. The question we have to be asking ourselves is, do we see the rights of the collective as superior or the rights of the individual as superior? As soon as you make that determination, you may bounce around in anger and bargaining and, and depression for a while, but as soon as you realize it's the right of the individual, the only logical conclusion is that includes the individuals I disagree with. That includes the individuals that want communism. Well, they should have the freedom to go make a commune, but I shouldn't have the freedom to drag me into it. That includes the people that are smoking dope. You don't think they should be smoking dope. Don't smoke dope. Let them smoke dope. It's that simple. That's freedom. That's freedom because the right of the individual is superior to the right of the collective. Now, if you believe the collective is superior to the individual, then you're in the matrix and you'll never get out. And many people that say they're not, they do. Because when you say, well, I don't want them to, and they're not hurting you, you're still in that mindset. You have to let go. In short, what I'm telling you today is instead of getting wrapped up in all this bullshit, how about you start walking down the path that leads to the following destination, being the man or the woman that you were born to be. Not the man or the woman you were told to be, trained to be, convinced to be. And I don't give a shit what happened in your past. I don't care whose fault it is. I don't care about your sob story, that your mommy never loved you right, or your daddy didn't come to your baseball games, or whatever other bullshit you got to tell. Because, brother, I probably got you beat anyway. And you can either cling on to that, you can cling on to the ass sir, you can cling on to whatever you want, whatever boat anchor you want, to blame your ineffectiveness, or you can let go of all that shit. And you can charge off into the world and say, well, what is it I'm supposed to be doing? And if you're not sure, just start doing all kinds of shit. And one day you'll do something and go, "That felt good. Good. You're on the right path. You're on the right path. Assuming it's not a needle in your arm. Okay. Use some common sense with that. But when you when you take a positive action and go, not only was that a good thing, I like that. That was good. I'm going to do more. How do I learn more about that? And you start down that path. Brother, you found it. Sister, you found it. You're on the right path. You're doing what you were destined to do. You're finding your own path to individual genius. And if the world wants to judge you as a fish that can't climb a tree, screw the world. Screw the world. They're not paying your bills. They're not taking care of your kids. And they're never going to. Judge yourself on your ability to do that which you most want to do. And everybody else, frankly, they can all just piss off. <sighs> Sometimes things need to be said plainly. I hope that that's what I've done for you guys today. And if you enjoyed today's show and you'd like to support the work that I do, I ask you to consider today joining the member support brigade. You can do that by going to the survival podcast dot com and clicking on members to learn more where you'll get discounts on so many things that your membership will pay for itself, and it really does. I hear from people all the time that say, you know, Jack, I used a few discounts in the last month, and that paid for my membership for not this year but this year and next year. And, uh, guys, it is really the way that I'm able to provide the show that I provide for you on a daily basis here is being members of the support brigade. It's, and it, it's, again, it's a win-win-win. And man, I'm working on, I, 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 I was working on this other thing for you guys for MSB, trying to get a discount on like aquaponics supplies and fish and stuff. And it just, I can't get anywhere with that one. I'm working on one today. Guys, if I get it, not all of you, but some of you are going to be like, whoa, that's great. I'm always trying to find better deals for you guys in the MSP. So consider becoming a member. The more members I have, the more negotiating power I have to get better discounts and better agreements with other companies. Right now, there's over 60. The other way you can support us, and this is the painless way, when you are going to go and shop on Amazon, don't go to Amazon.com. Just go to tspaz.com, then you can click a link and go to amazon.com, then do your shopping like normal, and whatever you buy, we get credit for, and you can support our show. Really appreciate it when you guys do that, and I have a Amazon item that I review every day. Today's item of the day is the Mr. Heater Portable Big Buddy Propane Heater. Chris, uh, winter is coming. It's going to start getting colder and colder. I have one of these, and it saved our ass in the great ice storm of 2011, we went seven days without power at our our, our house in a mountaintop in Arkansas. It was in the 20s during most of those days, and it was in the low teens to even below 10 degrees at night. And uh, we had one of these and plenty of propane and a fireplace and a generator. And uh when the neighbors came by to check on us like three days into it, we had the Christmas tree blinking and the football game on and the steaming turkey and gravy on the on the the, the table for you know day after Christmas dinner. Um and, and this was part of it. And I my fireplace would not have heated the house sufficiently alone. Uh this little guy took care of us and I have a write-up today not only on the heater, but the large tank adapter so you can run a twenty pound propane tank with it. Uh, it will also have a, a, a link to an item that you can get where you can refill the small one-pound cans because those are useful, and a lot of other information about it. So remember, always shop at t and to see the current item of the day, when you get to t you can click a link, and it will take you to all the reviews, and the newest one will be at the top. And thank you for supporting our show uh, through MSB or through t Next up, let's go to the song of the day today. I'm going to keep today's show short, so I'm not going to talk a lot about the song. I am going to say this, though. Um, I got pretty fired up today, and I'm asking you guys to believe me. And I I also told you something I said to to demonstrate, not negotiate when dealing with people. And if you demonstrate, then people will take steps in the right direction for themselves. And they may take steps towards where you've gone, but then find their own path that diverges wildly. But still, they're moving forward in progress. And whenever you do that, you're going to piss people off. You're going to piss people off. And over the years, I've managed to piss some people off, and I've managed to make some mistakes, all of which I've always stood up and said, hey, I'm sorry I did this or I did this wrong. I've had some real successes. I've had some mm, sort of successes, and I've had some failures. And, and along the way, as I've pissed people off, I've, I've always had people say, this is the end of TSP. I, I took one vendor on MSB one time that somebody didn't like. and they said, TSP's just going to go downhill from here. Um, you're going you're to find that in your life, too. You're going to find out in your life, too. When you, when you make a decision, I'm not going to college, or I'm going to redirect my learning, or I'm going to start a business, oh, your life's going to go all down here, you know, from here. Just give the same answer I've always given to everybody that's ever said that to me. You do the same thing. The answer is right here in this song.